When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, folks, welcome back to Lace Mount Most of our football podcast. Not basketball, which we've done. Not a team-specific show, which, uh, Matt, this might be. But uh, MWR.com is the show we're t- doing today. Football, that's our website, actually. Um, it's been a minute, Matt. We have some things going on. We have uh, a Hawaii, the most interesting board state senate hearing in a long time. Um, yeah, yeah. Who says local politics aren't interesting? Hey, I worked in local politics on the news side for radio station for two plus years. It could be fun and also extremely boring and annoying and lame. But this was, um, Matt, I'm holding my Dr. Pepper right here. Is that what, where am I living at? Oh. <laughs> Todd Graham would be so jealous at the moment. I could easily, um, procure myself a Dr. Pepper without hassle. Um, yeah, that's what we're talking about today. If you haven't heard, Hawaii had a state meeting, state Senate meeting, which I've done these before, been at these before, kind of covered these or had to listen in on kind of what they do, what's going on. This is one of the most bizarre ones for any subject. And the only thing that gets kind of weirder is when there's public hearings at meetings, like the past year plus school board meetings have gotten kind of hairy for a million different reasons. Yeah. This wasn't a public hearing where – person A could come in and give their discourse on why 
Todd Graham is awesome. Why Todd Graham is a piece of crap or whatever. This was prepared testimony. This was questions directly asked and it got off the rails pretty quickly. So where do we want to begin with this? Because I didn't expect it to be this fiery. No, I mean, I guess, I guess that's a really good question. How do we want to start thinking about this? Because there's so much to talk about. You know, what, what do you think the University of Hawaii administration, whether you're referring to Graham himself or the athletic director, director David Matlin, or the university president, whose name escapes me at the moment, uh, David um, Lassner. David Laster. What could they have done anything differently? I think to, the to one at, com- to at least make themselves more favorable, to at least give themselves more of a chance not to, you know, have sort of an outsider's point of view like like you and me you know, be so dim. For that, they they felt that they did not get a chance to present their side. They kind of felt they were they were railroaded in this. Because you have the Twitter spaces, you have RJ Hollis join this meeting, you have people, parents who uh, medically, what, disqualified, I think was the technicality of the term, yeah. of those type of people coming against. Because first off, if you think of it this way, if Matt, if you have a bad ex- what are you more likely to do? Because I worked in customer service for a long time for DirecTV years and years ago in college and, like, and also a holiday or like a hotel chain, like most of those holiday and type of hotels, mm-hmm. intercontinental hotels. And I worked in the par- department, which I call the complaints department. They said, it's not complaints, it's guest relations. I'm like, oh, geez. If you have a good experience, you normally call and tell people about it usually, unless it's like really good. Or if you have bad experience, you're usually going to go to Twitter and complain at somebody. What do you normally do? So, okay. So to your point, <laughs> you know what, and this is something that is, that is, and I forget exactly why I remember learning about this, but this is something I remember learning as an undergraduate. Just it's basic psychology that people always remember the negative more than the positive. For the most part, yes, that, that's that's true of everything. Like, and you know, it's true of like it's it's easier to remember negative memories than it is to remember positive ones, or, or rather, you know, when you remember experiences that are negative, like it is more intense than it is than when remember. And so, I think with that in mind, like. Yeah, it's sort of it, it maybe could have been a little more balanced, but that's kind of beside the point because they're not here to hear about all the good things that are going on. I think you know, one of the state senators pointed it out it's like, well, okay, yeah, we're here because there's a problem. That's yeah, why we're, we're not here. here to talk, yeah, we're not here to talk about something amazing. I can understand that, hey, Todd Graham or whoever, hey, how about we have these guys who had good experiences, which you do want some balance and things like this because. You could, against almost anybody, bring up stuff that's negative stuff, that this person is the worst person in the world, or they're terrible, they did this, this, or this. But there's always going to be, nobody's almost always that bad or that good of a person. There's always some in between. And so that's the only thing where I'm like, I could, where it would look better, like, well, why didn't I get a chance to bring on this player who liked or was my friend? Like, they had a good experience, which I get. But you're right, that's not why this meeting was called. There's enough letters, enough calls, enough whatever communication to the ADM president, it's like, hey, there's a problem here. And also, did you see what uh, – it's somebody that's affiliated with Arizona State, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? It may be what Chris Benini is, the athletic girl, because they do – he does a bunch of group of five stuff. I kind of skimmed through his – we have our own stuff as well. There's a lot going on, so you can read five different things or that 86-page PDF if you really want to get into it or go back on YouTube and watch it because I believe it was on YouTube as well. 
I just followed a couple of guys like Mark Delucci and others on Twitter who were doing following play by play essentially. Yeah. But I don't know what affiliation they were with Arizona State. Like at this point, it would just be piling on, which is all you need to know about. Well, okay. Graham. So, so like aside from the testimony, which, yeah, you mentioned like, you know, he did get some positive feedback, I guess you might call it from you know, previous coaching stops. And I think I remember one in particular from somebody who he had coached at Tulsa. Do you know how long ago that it was that he, that, that Todd Graham coached at Tulsa? 20 years ago, I'm guessing. Cause about there. His last, his last season was in 2010. That may as well be a lifetime ago. Yeah. Three recruiting cycles, essentially. No, no, no. That's like I said, 12 years ago. Oh, 12 years. Oh, I thought I said 2012. And, and, 12 and, yeah. Yeah. Long time and, ago. And, essentially. Th- and three decade, three colleges ago for Todd Graham. Yeah, Pitt, Arizona State, now at Hawaii. So it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, like, yeah, one guy had a really good experience 12 years ago. Is that the case that you really want to be making? Part of it, but not your whole case. If you're leaning on that, no. But they could be, hey, this player was great here. Like, uh, it's a piece of the puzzle, right? I'm saying, but like, I'm just saying, you're not like, wrong. I haven't seen, yeah. I haven't seen a single Hawaii player say anything. And this is, you know, true of both the testimony. Um, it, although I guess, you know, there were some parents who who felt like there were, you know, that he, that he was a good influence. Although, you know, there were a lot of testimonies that didn't have names attached to it. And so that's a problem I mean, too. I would say, you know, take that with maybe a little bit of a grain of salt, but then, you know, the, the, the experiences that were outlined, you know, some of them we were already aware of. And I think, you know, Leonard Lee, who was a former walk-on who got, you know, kicked off the team after having participated in the Twitter space last month. And, and should be noted, was not notified when there's these practices and they felt he just quit the team and he wasn't told that, hey, there's practices, stay or workouts. Right. Yeah. Because that was, cause that was right around the time when they were, they weren't going to the bowl game. And I think it was a Friday thing in like practice were up starting Monday or Tuesday mm-hmm. was not made aware that there's practice. They, they just assumed he quit the team. Yeah. So like, you know, and, no. and some of that stuff that came up in the testimony were things that had already sort of been outlined in previous reports, but then you learned about some other things that, that happened more recently. And it's like, it, it's like, you, it sort of makes you like your eyes pop open. Like, wait, what? And, and like think, with Michael, Michael Ortiz, I believe his name is. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. I think the, the okay. first thing that, that really came to that really caught my eye was what happened to uh, Justin Uahuhinui, excuse me, who apparently was slow to comply with the team's vaccine mandate. That was weird of how it was worded too, like how the situation went down, but go ahead. So, so in a nutshell, and I'm, and I'm sort of referring to our guy Scott's recap of the state Mm -hmm. meeting. So, you know, shout out to him. There was a lot going on in that meeting. There was, yeah. But, you know, the, the way that it was, it's framed in, in, in Scott's recap is that, you know, he was told that he had to comply. He had to either get the vaccine or sign a religious exemption that Wahinui believed was written to protect the university, not the players. And then he didn't sign the exemption at first. By the time he did, he was notified, not even by, not even by Graham, by someone on the equipment staff that he'd been cut from the team. Which could be honestly like a grad student or something, mm-hmm. like somebody's like maybe two years older than him or some whatever. <laughs> and 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 honestly, like you know, the the vaccine thing, especially as someone who works on a campus myself, is something that I'm very sensitive to. And especially like 
you know, in, in my other job, I'm in a position of like what I, what you might call very minor management, right? So mm-hmm. I'm very cognizant of the fact that everybody has different needs, different, or, or rather, you know, different philosophies on, on how to approach this whole back to vaccinate or not, not to vaccinate question. And, you know, I may not necessarily agree with it, you know, people's individual takes, but I have to be able to roll with it. I have to be able to, you know, you know, manage things in such a way that, you know, everybody's still satisfied with, with the, like the, you know, I, I work with tutors. And so like, you know, my tutors just get different kinds of workloads. Like that's sort of the, the reality that I'm living in these days as someone working on, on the academic side of campus. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm sensitive to that in that, you know, this sort of my way or the highway thing is not an attitude that is built for something like, you know, complying with a pen with, with, with constraints of a pandemic or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Because where I work at, okay. Think of this way. Football is a very specialized job. Yes. You can't just, Hey, you, can you work my shift for me? Essentially yeah. I work at a place that let's see, I work at a radio TV radio station, whatever, fairly specialized because I run the soundboard and do stuff for the radio show I work on. Yes, there could be somebody who could film for me occasionally. There's people in TV who are in the master control room or on air people. That's a pretty mm-hmm. specialized job. Behind the scenes people, you can't just go to the temp agency or, hey, can you work my shift? It's not everybody in the building can do that. I have literally um, three people, four people who could, if I'm out for any reason or vacation or sick, very few people who could film for me who know what to do yeah, or know how to do it just because of the nature of the business I'm in. So at our employment, you have to be vaccinated or get tested every week, which mm-hmm. I think it's fair. I don't know what the situation here for football. It's like, yeah, if you get a vaccine, get it. Obviously that's what I would encourage everybody to do. Religious exemption honestly, I think is a bunch of bull crap because any high level religious leader is getting the vaccination. So it's like, whatever reason you don't, you're not going to get it, but like you say, you have to roll with it. So I don't know what their situation was. You get tested every day or like the NBA right now. I think you're, everybody's tested every day, no matter what, essentially because of mm-hmm. what's going on at the moment. So I don't know what their situation was, but based on what we've seen with Todd Graham and Hawaii and the AD after this, it's not shocking that it put the player at a massive disadvantage of what they're signing or whatnot. It, who knows? I'm This is clearly off the cuff. It could be maybe overdoing it for testing or something, whatever it may be, like something put in place where it could be if you screw up or you forget to test or some something. I'm just shooting off the hip here. But it could be something where if it's protecting the school where clearly he could lose his scholarship, be kicked off the team, this, this, or this. Or it could be restricted to how he could live his life, which be careful if you're not getting vaccinated or if you need an extra mask or whatever you're going to do if you're going about campus and practice and whatever. There could have been something put in place that wouldn't shock me. One and done or something. Oh, you forget to do this. Or it's like the NFL. Oh, you're getting fined. Like Cole Beasley's got probably six figures in fines because of – him getting busted without a mask or not flying protocols or not being because he's not very vocal vax not vaccinated about you have to hey if you're not vaccinated okay zoom press conferences wear the mask in a meeting in the building all that type of stuff yeah yeah it could be something where it's hey if you don't do this you're off the team based on what I've heard in this that wouldn't surprise me where it's overly doing it where it does favor the team yeah so it's so that that of course was the first thing and then you know some of the other things were maybe I guess a little more, I, I don't think innocuous is the right word, but they're definitely like less severe, even if they are no less shocking. 
like the the testimony that Derek Thomas, the defensive lineman, oh. out there, and his and Graham's wife. Oh boy, yeah. Like I can't, like I could not get over that, and and the whole the whole idea of uh, what was it that that the I'm sorry, your son didn't work hard enough. Yeah, for yes, man, his wife, Todd Graham's wife, mentioned to Thomas's mother, I'm. I'm sorry your son didn't work hard enough. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, who acts this way? Exactly. And it was it was basically, um, here's I'm reading exactly what our buddy Scott wrote. Like, recent grad transfer, Derek Thomas spoke about the hiring process. Oh, it's the hiring process, too. Um, no, no, sorry, I'm not reading something else. But basically what it was, he's not on the team. It's like, he didn't work hard enough. I'm like, apparently Coach Graham felt his behavior, words, and actions were for motivation. Mm-hmm. And I've mentioned this <clears throat> either on our podcast or I've been on when I was on the guys in Hawaii, 1420 Bobby Curran, like he's, I get it. He's kind of, he's a, a technically an employee of the university because he's like their radio play by play guy. So they got to toe the line a little bit. You can't be too, it's, it's a weird, whatever. It's his job. And I get where he's coming from. Like kind of, well, maybe here's the other side a little bit here or there because it's his employer. It's like, he wants to keep that job and get it. But I bring up, I wasn't around, but I've heard plenty of stories when Rick Majerus, university type basketball coach, mm-hmm. Piece of trash. He would, because in Utah, a lot of religious religious people for the um, LDS church and everything, a lot of people at University of Utah are the faith. And so, and he's all like, if you can't believe in this book or whatever, this guy who started the religion, Joseph Smith, believe, you can't believe in my plays, like religious targeting, not necessarily discrimination, but bringing up a parallel that doesn't make sense at all. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can believe in this, have faith in this and faith in my plays, or you can do this, it's like, Pretty disrespectful, in my opinion, yeah. kind of going after stuff like that. So, great. There is one point where a reporter, I forget who it was, there's a lot of news reporters, political reporters. One guy, I forget what it was, but I remember what he said. Like, I'm not going to repeat what the words Coach Graham said here, but you can guess of what, how bad they're, what, how he's talking toward players. Well, no, he, so, so I, you're referring to Keith the Mulder, who was killing that makes it sense, yes. with, with yes. his Twitter feed. And I forget who. I think it was it was our guy Mark Deluki who actually you you know used the terms and I, I'm not going to repeat them here either. But I'm just <laughs> going to say them. I'm just going to say like I've never heard of either of those terms. <laughs> and so, which, racial which, terms toward Polynesian Hawaiian people, essentially, yeah, and well, black and, people, and, I believe as well, and, yeah, and and black athletes as well. So I had never heard of either of those terms. And and if you want to go look it up on Twitter, I'm sure that you can. But the fact, you know, and there was a later denial that, you know, some of these things, you know, I think it was Graham who came out and said, like, some of these things that have come up during testimony did not happen. But I was, I was thinking to myself, okay, well, I've never heard of any of those things, which definitely makes me think that that happened. Yeah. And all, and it makes me think how, okay. Also, I, I heard, I like, I vaguely, I'm like, okay, I, I can, what those terms are, I'm like, okay, I can, like, they, well, this is going to sound weird, but I, I get, like, when you hear it, if you read what they are, if you read what they are, hear what they are, it may, not that it makes sense. That's not what I'm saying at all, but the terminology for being in Hawaii, okay, it's like, you can, under, what am I trying to say here? It's a regionalized thing is what I'm getting at mm-hmm. in Hawaii. Part of it was pineapple something. Like, okay, Hawaii, like, pineapples, duh, duh, duh obviously. But where does he, pick up those terms as well because they're that no specific idea. that's what i'm getting at where it's like if you hear it say it, like oh okay that's a 
local, very local thing, pineapple, whatever he's saying. That's part of the term he mentioned. But who told him that? That is this. Does he go to Google? Does he go to um, Urban Dictionary? Like huh. what? I, is he typing in Hawaiian insult? Like, no, I don't. I don't know. Like, what the, like I'm not making light of this, but like, how does he find the which? Could make me seem okay. He somebody did make somebody. Okay, I could. I'm not playing both sides here, but like how specific it is. He either a looked up to figure it out, or he a couple ways, or he heard it walking around town, or I don't know what type of slang it is because it's very unique to the area. He either looked, searched it out, heard it randomly, or he already knew it. Mm. I'm guessing he heard it from somewhere, and connotation you can pick up. That's not a nice thing to say. So I don't know where he picked it up, but it's very specific to make me think it was said. Not 100% sure, but you, you, I don't think he made it up himself. No, definitely not. That's what I'm getting at. And then, and then as you mentioned, you know, the last and I think most serious allegations were from, from the family of Michael Alatis, who you mentioned a, a little bit ago. Yeah, with him... Um, kind of former offensive lineman, medically retired last spring, so last year... Um, Head trauma, which common in football, CTE and stuff, but also depression. So he reached out to a position coach, Sam Bennett, for help multiple times. No follow-up, no help from coaching staff, nothing, no counseling, just no no assistance at all. Which typically, if you're an athlete, you get a a good level of stuff. Even me, being little old swimming and water polo player at a very small Division I school, super small, that barely has basketball, we would have assistance and stuff to hey you need help go go here go to this it's typically a combined thing like a tutoring or stuff like that oh it's it's with the cross-country team or soccer team here's when we have if you need academic help or academic to focus whatever you'd have stuff to do not as big as football programs and stuff but we'd have opportunities to go tutoring or other medical stuff or just stuff to do like this Mm -hmm. on a smaller scale but he didn't receive any help from school um he had his parents had to pay themselves to see specialists and and also try to reach out to the school to get some help from whatever insurance. I don't know, not going to get into that part because insurance is dumb here in America, but who knows how that would – because you're covered by athletes. You you get stuff because, oh, you're in scholarship, medical, but maybe, oh, it's not a mental thing or it's – who knows what the stupid red tape would be. But he was offered a graduate assistant coaching position – oh, sorry, it's going ahead. But basically, it's hard to get help. And the school basically said, whatever. And that's what I'm taking from this. Yeah. And because there's the school of thought and Todd Graham's that type of guy where mental stuff, it's like, who cares? Like, have you seen this show, The Young Rock at all with um, Dwayne Johnson? I have not. No. So there's a part in the show where it takes place of him like in the NFL or well, maybe not NFL yet, but college and high school part, like flashbacks. Yeah. And he, they bring this up like he was depressed because when he went to University of Miami, he, he nearly flunked out his first year of college because he had a shoulder injury, was supposed to come in and be this huge guy with like Russell Maryland and, other, and Warren Sapp, I think, about or a minute Warren Sapp, but like huge guys who are really, really good. And he got depressed, like had a .9 GPA, and they brought up mental mental stuff problems. He was just, just depressed. And he said, and the scene was kind of like, oh, his dad's like, what's wrong with you? Shake it. Like, it was back to like, just shake it off, you're fine. But they actually had a small scene where they're kind of like, hey, what's going on? Like more of a – they kind of assist. Like, hey, what's the deal? Do you need – trying to offer help with someone, not medically sound. Like, hey, do you need to go out and do something to get your mind off this? Or what will get you motivated? It kind of brought up a little bit. But a lot of these guys, are like it's very little they'll want to discuss this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, well, what, who, who cares? What's wrong? Just go 
shake it off. Everybody, it's, it's, you're not just. It's not just to some people. You're just feeling sad for whatever reason. There could be usually is something bigger than that. Some mm-hmm. people, oh, it's it's a, oh, I feel crappy for an hour, or now I feel fine. Some people, it's a bigger deal. And so the school not even looking into it is very disingenuous, and they're not listening to what their players want. And that's not good. You know what I mean? It's like now he wants nothing to do with football, which is tough. It's hard. It's, it's heartbreaking. A lot, of, a lot of stuff, what's been said and what's been going on. And even if it's 80% true, 20%, like if there's a small percentage true, it's still pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, and if it's pretty bad, you have to look at the, uh, the what was it, the, the testimony of the lawyer, uh, Michael Green, who seems yeah. to think that, you know, Lawsuits coming. <laughs> yeah, that there that it could open up the university to liability. The problems are so deep. I did you realize Arizona State basically paid him thirteen million dollars to go away with being while being a decent coach there, like record wise. I didn't realize it was that much. Me neither. I felt they let him go because he wasn't doing good. Because I don't think he had a. I should look it up real quick, but his record was pretty good. Like he, besides being the world's biggest carpet bagger and openly wanting NFL jobs, telling his players at the moment. But he was like, he's successful, but his, I think is like six and seven or one year Arizona State kind of dipped, they let him go. And I wasn't paying attention to ASU. Like, even when you tell the Pac 12, I'm like, yeah, whatever. That was, um, but right when Utah joined, like 2012 to 2017, where his record was, it was not bad. He had a couple of times, I thought it was record wise because he went eight wins, 10, 10, then six, seven, five, and seven, seven, and six. He wasn't getting back up. To work when they were ranked the two first um, years two and three, where he had twenty wins in two yeah. seasons and went to the Pac twelve title game. So I thought it was mostly because he just record dipped, and but apparently at this point it does not seem to be the case. There was more to it. Yeah, it's just I, I just I don't know where you would want to go from here talking about this. It's just sort of all came. Oh, you know what? To... Oh, yeah. AD says we're sticking with him. If we had the money, he would still be our head coach. I mean, I, I guess you have to say that. No, 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 he doesn't. What he could say, these are serious. Here's what you could say. Like, I get, but you could back him, but also say, hey, we need to look into this. And if there's issues and if these are, and if these are to be believed and we're going to do some more independent research or outside research investigation, if there's something to be had, we will hold him accountable. And if there is, or just leave it there, like we will hold him accountable if there's issues that, Rise a level of potential, maybe not say that, but it might what I was like, look into it and see what's going on. That he, he they're basically saying, no, he's our coach regardless. But you could say we should look into this more because I know this is looking into it, but there could be maybe that's a better response if you, just to me, he thinks there's nothing wrong. And but you, why not say, hey, yeah, we should look into this more. The we're taking, I don't believe, and there's 80 some pages, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe something, hey, I, you didn't see this part, but. There was no like apologetic or any, not even a backhanded apology about, hey, we're sorry this happened to these guys. This, he's backing this guy 100%. There's no, oh, we'll look into this. We need to talk to all the players on the team. That's, that's the, the biggest, problem, too. That's the biggest problem that both guys have coming at, going on at this point is like everything they said sound canned. It was. They had the written statements. And then all this stuff was. Why are we talking about questions football coach? Well, budget is like the people running the media are like, this is about budget and football. And with budget comes the cost of coaching. Mm-hmm. Like you were all made aware of this. And, and, but also think about too, when our buddy Mark wrote a thing for SF gate, which they brought up here, like, well, there's all these unnamed sources. Well, Hearst has a policy of not naming 
people out there for which could negatively impact them for mm-hmm. a position when they are basically a subordinate in a college football environment. Yeah. But there's plenty of people who were on the record in Twitter spaces on the record online who, if you want it behind closed doors, talk to them and say, here's players who said this and see if they want to come forward. Keep it like that could be done. There's enough information where it wasn't one or two guys. And he even told us in our show, there were more people who would, who didn't say anything or told him like, Hey, here's this, but do not use this. You can, he didn't, Mark didn't say this, but I'm pretty sure from what he told us offline and private messages and like, or my reporting experience, I should say about who you're talking with. Like, I'm pretty sure if you if somebody's like, this is off the record. So what you do, Hey, I'm talking to person A off the record. You can't say anything, but what that means, but Hey, I know this guy or this guy go talk to them. Maybe they'll confirm it or use it on, on background information, which is there, people are like, oh, off the record means sources said this. No, off the record means you don't say a dang thing at all publicly, even that way. Yeah. Background is on along, along the lines of, hey, person of who knew of this experience or knew of this uh, issue can speak, but um, without their name published, essentially. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's off the record, okay, but you know who that person is, obviously, as a reporter. Well, you know they know this person, this person, this person. So you go talk to them, and then you can build upon that to get to collaborate what's being said. So that could be – so there's plenty of that, which he told us. I think he even said on the show, there's people who didn't want to have it even published without their name. Mm-hmm. But that's – but remember even Todd Graham's like, oh, I need to learn – get to know my players better. That apology or response, I should say, was a month ago, still seemed like he's in a can and like whatever. I'm in charge. Yeah. And I even said hopefully that changes, but he doesn't seem to him to be learning – like the Dr. Pepper comment, I live in a third world country. I can't get Dr. Pepper in a vending machine. I'm like, dude, time and place for stuff like that. Come on. If you're trying to be funny, not the place. Todd Gra- How old is Todd Graham? Todd Graham is 57 years old. Not super old, obviously. How many 57-year-olds do you know, though, that have that much Dr. Pepper addiction? to change? <laughs> Most people are set in their ways. I'm set in my ways for some stuff, but... He's also a college football coach, and they're a very particular breed. Like I've said a million times, I don't want life. Okay. College football coaches are dumb, in my opinion. What do they know? Football. I don't know how Tommy Tuberville is now a U.S. senator, besides being a a somewhat popular football coach at Auburn years ago. (laughs) But I don't want taking advice from college football coaches because they, for the most part, and I know I'm overgeneralizing, but they basically want to be a football coach, and that's all they know. They, they, and they're not like, I don't want their advice on the stock market. I don't want their advice on policy or politics. I don't. I may not even want their advice on food. I, if I want you, hey, give me some workout advice. It would be t- make me a better college football person. But typically, they're so narrow minded. Not not necessarily in a bad way, but their their job is demanded, and that's what it has to be. I don't like. So you're right. Change, not not a time. No. See, here's here's well, I'll disagree on one count in particular. The best college football coaches, and I think this is true for many from from Nick Saban on down. I mean, personally, not like in Boston for coaching, but but I think that they have a knack for being great communicators as well. You know, because and and this is sort of and and they have sort of an intuition. You know, not only to to sort of get to the heart of what you know. And, and it's, I'm I'm thinking about Saban in particular because I think mm-hmm. this may be the the best contrast to draw between someone like him and someone like Graham because no, you know nobody's 
confusing Nick Saban with a softy. Like he demands just as much as anybody, maybe not if if not more than any any head football coach anywhere in the country at Alabama. But I remember reading about this thing where, and I think it was referring to like recruiting in particular, yeah. where you know he was. They were talking with people from like all kinds of stops that he had. You know, people from LSU, people from like Toledo, even uh, you know Michigan State. And, and at Alabama where he just like, he had a knack for knowing what was important to the people around him mm-hmm. in order to, in, in order to get them to buy in. Right. Yeah. And, and he's and like, so, they've had the jokes too. Like one player like, he's actually a funny guy. He's actually opened up his personality a little bit the past year or two. Yeah. So like, well, while, while the general sense is that he's, you know, he's probably a hard ass on the field and there's nothing wrong yeah. with being a hard ass on the field. A lot, a lot of mm-hmm. successful college football coaches are hard asses on the field. Don't make a personal and name calling in a particular way to demean people. That's one way to not be that guy too. And the problem with Todd Graham is not only that he's 57 years old, which I think makes him more likely to have crystallized his, his sort of mindset at this point, but that he is a 57 year old head coach with a 15 year track record of burning bridges everywhere he's gone. Or leaving for the, yeah, leaving for the best job ever. Like, like if, leaving, if you like, were, if you were name searching Todd Graham as the testimony was going on and after it was over, like, <laughs> there, there is probably nothing in the world that, that Rice football fans, Tulsa football fans, Pitt football fans, and Arizona State football fans have in common other than a distaste for Todd Graham. And it's for the exact same reason that is you know you know with maybe different shades like you know we don't even know what happened any any of those other stops you know what what happened with with the the sf gate story with mark's story and what happened with this state senate meeting is something that we have never seen before never in college athletics nothing has been the closest state like this is not like there's been some bad stuff like if you look at zach smith and urban meyer or even urban meyer for a lot of stuff going on about all these there's always here about, oh, guys getting because of grades or they get shoved behind the, oh, they're going to be arrested. Let's maybe not arrest them. They call the football coach instead or whatever stuff happens to protect the player, whether it's legitimately, oh, hey, maybe this is not good to get out there. Or, hey, don't arrest him because whatever mm-hmm. is going on. This is on the record public testimony. Like this is not just stories. This is – it'll be in the record forever for on this date, January whatever, on in Hawaii at this time, this time, Permanent records you can look up and search. 86 page PDF of what happened. Yeah. And, and, and we're so barely, like, barely gotten started on this, I believe. So there, so there is nothing. And, and, and I say this because I also think that, you know, a lot of people listening, everybody knows somebody like Todd Graham. <laughs> I, I, and I think that I'm reasonably confident about saying that people like Todd Graham do not change. Hard to and and I and I have I have a hard time believing that anything at Hawaii is going to change unless both he and David Matlin see it get the door. Yeah, because there is part of this, like I know players usually don't want to say who's gonna coach, but there is a part of like, hey, who do you want? Like, what type of guy do you want to coach? Because that's a that's a good conversation to have. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what type of coach? Like, we know it's our we're gonna make tire, but like, what do you guys want in a coach? Is to get a feel for your team, to know the football team, if you're the AD, that's a good thing to have. To like, hey, what type of – they basically want somebody who kind of ties to Hawaii because that's kind of a big deal. That's – I think it's it's a very unique place to try to win. It's – there's better talent there in the state, like at St. Louis High School and other places. 
Utah and BYU would go look for players out in Hawaii for years back in the seventies. Now more Pac-12 schools are doing it. When Manta Teo went, went to Notre Dame, like more people realize, oh, there's talent in the Hawaiian or Polynesian area in that part of the world. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's get a guy who understands Hawaii football. Like, Timmy Ting, he's moving it up. Like, guys like that. Or they always bring back June Jones. Like, do not bring back June Jones. He's too old to Norm Chow. Norm Chow is a disaster, but at least he understood what Hawaii football was. And But they bring in somebody who – did they did, – I, I don't know this, and you may not know it either. Did AD have any relate? Did Matlin have any relationship? Like with not that I'm Todd aware Graham? Of, no. And so they wanted the new coach. The two responses here: they want somebody with Hawaii ties, and they want somebody personable. Todd Graham is neither of those. It's like, like I don't think they could have gotten like Kalani Sitake a while back. Like not even this time, but before his BYU head coach, I'd have been a. I think he was sort of in the mix when he was Utah's defensive coordinator, or he actually. Before the Oregon State's defensive coordinator, I don't know if he would have gone from Oregon State DC to a Hawaii head coach. I don't know and who knows how type of upgrade that would be, but that type of guy, okay, he sort of has to because obviously Sitake the name, not necessarily ties out there recruiting, yes, stuff like that, but also he's very personable and a fun guy to be around, mm-hmm. even though he's kind of tight buttoned up a little bit. He's still very personable. Would be an amazing fit at Hawaii if that were to be the case years ago before he took this job at BYU. But then there's also do they even do like the what do they do before the hookah and stuff like do they still do that before games? Is that not the case anymore? The hookah, you mean? Hookah, I mean, sorry, not hookah, it's the hookah bar. Sorry. That I don't that I don't know off the top of my head either. I mean, because there's to, a, to me, there's a thing to me, you know, the, one of the things that one of the things that didn't come out, and I sort of want to just build off of my point. One of the things that stuck out to me from the testimony, which didn't come up, you know, during the conversation between you know the administration and, and the state senate. There was a testimony from someone who I believe was like an equipment manager for mm-hmm. the football team. And it, and it laid out just like, you know, all of this abuse that he, that this person absorbed at, at Graham's hands. And to me, it sort of, it sort of reminds me of the whole, you know, and I, and I forget the exact saying, but it's like, you know, you can, you can tell someone's character based off of how they treat them, you know, maybe not the, I, I hate to say it, the least important person in the room, but like, you know, the, mm. like the, the uh, what is that phrase that I'm thinking of? You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, right? Yeah. <laughs> like the equipment manager is not super important relative. Yeah. Like, like if you're, like if you're a superstar and you're, and, but you're treating like, you know, the, the clubhouse attendant the same way that you would treat like your, your next best teammate or something like that. Like that says a lot about who you are. Yeah. And, and I felt like, you know, in reading that testimony in particular, and and I and I saw a video that and I think it was you know one of one of our Twitter followers uh, fake eight oh eight sports that put it up there, um, you know of Todd Graham basically going berserk on one of the backup quarterbacks when he when something in like the signaling wasn't proper and he was like mm-hmm. like and I don't I have my sound on because we're recording right now but it just it it's a bad look and I and it's like if that's what this equipment manager was dealing with for like almost a year or more then that to me as and especially as someone in person in a management position myself that tells me everything i need to know about todd graham yeah or it's the um the i think we talked with mark last time like hey assistant coach put a player in like a walk-in guy just to sub in for a play even though he played fine He's like what the heck is this guy doing out there mm-hmm. it's like you could tr- like there is i know <clears throat> like not to back graham too much but you have 100 plus guys in your team 
walk-on scholarship place, you are going to have a different relationship with the starting quarterback to a walk-on safety. However, you can still treat people nice overall. You may not know everything about them, but you should probably, hey, this is this guy, or hey, I know number 27. He, like, what do you know his name? But you mean, like, hey, I know this mm-hmm. a little bit about them. You should, you can't treat them like crap. You may treat them differently. Like, dude, you got to play better to do your, you're like, hey, there's a reason you're not a scholarship guy. It's kind of mean, but like, that may get the point across a little yeah. bit. But you you can't just be outright just impersonable. And again, demeaning personally insults, not just you, you're not doing good because A, B, or C. Don't say you're not doing good because you're a inserts inappropriate comments about that person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's two different ways to get around there to be like a hard on the player without being – the personal attacks can pile on to some people, and those don't work. You can just say, dude, what the heck are you doing? Or you freaking sucked in this play, but let's try this instead. Like there's ways around it. But like, they're talking about a lawsuit being brought against them for treatment against this. Like that's never happened. Yeah, it's not it's not great for Hawaii right now, and I honestly don't think it's getting any be- it's going to get any better until he's no longer the head coach. Well, and also um, <laughs> Bruce Rumble put a tweet out like he's been hearing from other coaches like this is exactly who this guy is, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like oh man, like he's good. Yeah, this guy's one of the worst reps in college football. I doubt many people who worked with him are reading this and thinking, "Quote, wow, this all seems out of character." Like. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. The guy, get, get one guy who plays ukulele, like, this thing is super, super annoying. You can't play ukulele. I'm like, what do you want your team to bond about? If you don't like it, who cares? Just deal with it for 10 minutes or whatever it may be for the kids are having fun. It, this all seems like a guy who wants a particular way 
And when you're losing guys like Shavon Cordero or was it Derek Mouse is going to UCLA? It's like you're losing guys who are from there. It's like, what are you doing? Well, you and, lose, and, the guys and, from and, Hawaii or say there was one, I think I put in our DMs that basically, which blatantly points out like, hey, I think what it was, do you have conversations with all these guys leaving? And they bring up Matt, um, whatever, um, shoot, guy going to UCLA. He's like, well, it, the comment is basically, I would talk to my good players about this. Believe it or not, yeah. It's like, dude, and, and and even some of the points that they wanted to try and make aren't necessarily all that true. Like, you know, I think it was Matlin who said that you know, no, well, Todd Graham has put the team in two bowl games in three years. Well, oh, no, please. actually, he he led them to one, and then they had to make up an entirely new bowl game so you go bowling again to allow them, which really was allowing a different team to go to a bowl game and one team not spending as money money as much money to go to Hawaii Bowl. Yeah, and, and, that's what and, that was. And and not only is there that GoFundMe that that I think one of their fans <laughs> set up, uh, I think it was like a week and a half ago at this point. But now, you know, I think what uh, one of the the, the the Senate Minority Leader in Hawaii, uh, Kurt Favela, you know, he said that he was going to put together a petition and circulate it to mm-hmm. call for the resignation of Graham and Matlin and David Lasner. Uh, mm-hmm. And now that petition is out there, so I'm sure yeah. he could. Probably you could track it down if you really if you're a Hawaii fan and you really want to see these guys out there. You know, the, never never say the local politics doesn't matter. You know what I mean? No, oh, it yeah. Um, because so because, and it, because it's important to remember, especially if you're a Hawaii fan, these are your tax dollars at work. Yeah, it's a public institution. That's right, and. The money thing, it's like, I think part of it, they're playing at the complex there has a thousand people, a thousand seats, and they were barely started putting people at the end of the season there. So that's part of it too, to bring the money for the buyout, but they have a meeting scheduled, the board or the state Hawaii Senate. Um, they have something, they're going to talk about this again, the end of January at the regular scheduling meeting. They consider, say the program, not urgency. It seems like, which there are bigger things going on, obviously, but this is a big enough deal where it's going to be looked into once. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or more than once. So I like what oh, I had a thought I was going to say here, but I lost it. But like what, what's going to happen? Here? Like is, is he going to be around? Is he going to be the coach next year? Is this going to be a weird February firing? I mean, I, have, Mar- I that would be, that would be strange, but I honestly have no idea like how much efficacy something like a petition would actually have. Especially the AD is like I back him 100. percent Like that's the guy who unless the president steps in. How like, was was the president going to come and say you're out of here, football coach? Both of you guys are out of here. If he wants to save his job, maybe he does. Yeah, because last year is like, whew, come on. But I, I have no man. idea. You know, it's also not good in this. I got my thought right now. So who you I, I could you could answer the quick questions kind of hypothetical or not hypothetical but rhetorical who was tweeting all this stuff like during this press conference or not press conference but this media what type of media people were, were reporting and tweeting on this locally so locally so like i said keep demander who is i believe a sports anchor for one of the local television uh stations and i apologize i don't have his twitter account in front of me um, probably khon i'm guessing right i i think so um, but I mean, among, the, among yeah. the beat writers, I, I saw Stephen Sai had one. <laughs> um, Dave, Dave, Dave Reardon oh. had had zero tweets, and I think, but he did yeah, have a, an article about it. Um, 
uh, earlier today, if I'm not mistaken, we're recording on January 9th. Um, so the, the guy the, who wanted to public, who privately shade us and Twitter DMs, I'm like, dude, I don't need your your ethics on this. Come on. <laughs> um, but other than that, I think most of the most of the people following closely were more the more the independent guys, like you know uh, Christian Shimabuku, uh, uh, the guys over at Kaleo Sports, you know um, Bodhi Asimoto, I believe. Um, Not the typical star advertiser people who big time cover the team, right? So no, nobody, correct. nobody from the star advertiser was on it. It was. It how was do you not do this? Like, how does this not happen? This shows that. Question. That's the biggest. Uh, well, like I get political people doing this, and that's some of the people on this sports anchor. It's a big deal. Like he's not covering the teams. Other sports anchors have ninety seconds tonight to talk about sports. Sometimes mm-hmm. like there's not a ton going on. No, or excuse me, not enough time going on because. Sports is on TV, local TV is it's hit or miss of what how much time you have to do. Yeah. As I'm familiar with. But how is like even like even Steven Sai's tweet was like, well, the written he's winning the written testimony, but the verbal stuff, they're getting their head bashed in essentially, kind of paraphrasing. Like what type of tweet is that? Even going and just listening, going typing out quotes, like short quotes, not even saying this is good, a good look or a bad look for a football team, or player X was said they got kicked off the team because they didn't, they were on the Twitter spaces or player X had, they, they had head injuries and felt they were not getting assistance because of that. And also mental health needs at one, not even just going through and just kind of going blow by blow of what's happening. Mm-hmm. They were silent, which is beyond irresponsible for a team you cover. This is a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. Like this is not just a normal hearing about whatever. This is a big time stuff to cover. And like, you're just basically punting on the situation, like a stupid football phrase, but you're not, um, I don't know, Dave Reed and title. Oh my gosh. Little good comes from University of Hawaii's dog and pony show. I'm like, are you kidding me? What is, like, this is the same guy who, if you saw our Twitter a while back, he, like, right around the Todd Graham stuff, like earlier on. So here's a tweet, and like, I, like, you remember this, like, him making fun of people kind of essentially. Mm-hmm. So here's somebody, um, Greg Aloha on Twitter. It's back in early December, basically a month ago, December 9th. He goes, can I wear my Muslim hat to University of Hawaii football practice? Can I pray five times a day on the football team? Will you serve me food without pork on game day? Is there freedom of choice to think? Tags Reardon, Stephen Tsai, Hawaii Athletics, and Matlin. Dave Reardon's, Reardon's retweet, how fast is your 40 time? And I stared at that for a while. I'm like, before I said anything on our on our actual site, I'm like, this is weird, right? And I yeah. get there's and I get there's stuff like, well, who cares what you are if you're good at football or basketball? You, your your spot in the will be fine. That's still really weird. And also, sports columnist and and an adjunct journalism instructor at University of Hawaii. Yeah, his reply when I finally came into him, like he goes in his reply to his own thing. Allegations of the, a tolerance of state, at a state institution is a serious matter. If you have factual evidence and not just vague hypotheticals, which that tweet technically was before, send them my way, and I'll file. You should file a complaint. I'm like, and I reply back. I'm like, what are you talking about? That are you making a joke or dumb? It's like, and we went back and forth. Like he's like, well, get in our DMs and we'll go through journalistic stuff. I made some lame jokes about carrying the water for university because. It's what it seems like. And that's what our buddy Mark Delucci said. Like they're kind of, I get it. If you cover a team, there's certain subjects you, subjects you can get into or not. But him wanting to lecture me about 
how it works to be a reporter or journalist. I'm like, I don't have time for this garbage. And no, we're not going to talk in DMs about it because what he could have said, Matt, what's a simple answer is like, Oh, that's your, it's dumb and stupid. Of course not. And I replied back once. I'm like, well, that's not a no, because that's the easiest way to say you, what do you, he could have easily said, what are you doing? Of course not. I'm not like, he, that was a simple response you could have had to some lame joke I was making that mm-hmm. people knew was out in the open. And he could have said, well, of course not. You're being ridiculous and silly. That's a stupid comment. But they did not reply that way. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's uh, behind the paywall. But his title, Little Good Comes from University of Hawaii's Dog and Pony Show in Senate, tells me exactly where he stands on this. Is it a dog and pony show if a player who has concussion issues or mental health issues not getting help from a school for a coach who uses racial slurs very specific to players on his team? to players who lost love of football, to coach's wife saying, oh, your guy didn't try hard enough. The culture there but is a big divide about who believes who and what. What does Dave Reardon have to gain or what Why? What does Coach Graham or something have against him? Like if he says something bad, he's going to lose his job or something. I know he's a columnist. He can kind of have some more leeway about his opinions about what he discussed. But this was not a dog and pony show like this. And maybe there could have been some more – side to, hey, I like Coach Graham or I like this. Like there, there there could be more of that that could have been presented forward, but that's not what the meeting was about. Mm-hmm. The meeting was about complaints that came to the university. Yeah. But maybe they could have found a few people like, hey, no, he's a good guy, but there's what it seems like there's not many people out there. And so I don't know what Dave Reardon is saying behind the paywall here, and I don't care to read forward because I've already muted him on Twitter and don't want to deal with it. Maybe we can ask Scott, like, hey, Scott, send us a – I'm sure he subscribes to the standard – or star advertiser and say, hey, what did this idiot actually say? <laughs> because I I don't know. I, I That comment seems just belittling legitimate concerns at a program. I guess we'll have to wait and see. And, th- and that's why our guy Mark also said, too, it's like it's not like – Reporters can just drive to Hawaii, like national guys who cover this type of stuff to go check it out. It's expensive to go, and then it's not going to happen, which is why we need other people to discuss and see what's going on and hopefully find out more information, whether this is true, partially true, or completely false, which it's probably all three. Like, there's some stuff that may not may not be true at all. There's stuff where there's a big gap of yes or no, or some of it's 100% true. We don't know, but some more, obviously more in the middle, more leaning toward, yeah, crap's going on there, and it's not mm-hmm. good. And this guy who, who I'll call him out again, like he's protecting the university for some reason. And this wasn't, I don't think the questions asked were out of line or people coming in and saying this, like they were not Hawaii university or officials were not prepared for this. It seemed like at all. Oh no, they were not. And which makes me seem to believe as well about like, they don't think anything's wrong. It's a lot to process. Is there anything else, anything else to add here? Like, is, is Todd Graham going to be the coach in the fall? Oh, God. I hope not. I mean, what, I think, what, I, like, honestly, I think he probably will be because I don't think they can afford to get rid of him. But they I said hope, there's been, I hope he's not. That lawyer said there's enough – the lawyer said there's enough people with money out there to buy him out. It's up to the university president and AD to do it. He said yeah. there's business people out there who want him gone, and there's money to back to get him gone from town. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Is he going to be there in two years? No. <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't want to repeat it to Bob Davies. It seemed like a repeat of Bob Davies almost as well, right? 
the the problems yeah, in Mexico under Bob Dave were nowhere near this. Well, I mean, well, I just mean like everybody's believing in him and keeping him around longer than he should. Yeah, but I mean, Remember, there was crimes covered up by Bob Dave and stuff like that as well that were being protected from players. Remember, yeah. like yeah, sexual assault sure. stuff, I believe was being kind of swept under the rug. Robberies, certain players, and I might want to compare that to directly, but. Bad stuff's going on, and people are are benefiting or not benefiting, but protecting to keep them around for whatever reason or not. But the big comment by the eighty, if we had the money, would you buy them out? His answer was no. That leads me to believe he's going to be in town next year unless something crazy happens. However, a one in eleven season is not going to keep around either next year. <laughs> that that's true, and so maybe he'll be gone due to lack of on field success when your best players go to Pac twelve and other Mountain West Conference schemes, and your son transfers for he's getting picked on, or it's just a, it really probably is a very tough spot for him to be in to be on the team. So I don't blame him for leaving because it's that can't be a good it can't be an easy spot to be in for whatever he you I mean that's hard that's a hard spot for him to be in yeah when it's not going well and your dad's a coach and your um what's Bo Graham's is that his son too Bo Graham is his son as well I believe so yeah or. Well, that's ridiculous. It's it's a hard spot to be in when you when he transfers. So, you want to have some fun now? I guess should we move on? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> can, can we talk about how stupid we are? <laughs> sure. So, I'm working on an article. It'll be up soon. I've just kind of been delaying, delaying a little bit here. Their stuff's busy. So, Utah State fans will love this because we we're completely wrong on them, as was everybody else. So, I'm going to put out our staff. We do this. We put together. Every year you put together this past year, and probably for most past couple of years and postseason as well, our staff votes on player of the year, coordinator of the year, defense, all conference teams, order, excuse me, order of finish. I don't think we did the bold prediction piece because you asked for me to find that, but I think we did team stuff, so we're not going to really get into that. Mm-hmm. But how bad we were in predicting who's going to win, <laughs> who's going to be all conference. Who's going to be this or that? So where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the order of finish? Is that the easiest way to do it? I think so, because, you know, it, we were just as wrong as everybody else. So that, that, yeah, it's not just that us. makes you feel better. We're owning it, right? And, yeah, well, that, and that's mostly because we have the, the, the platform to do so. Yeah. Or if you're Utah State fans who, if you're a Utah State fan, like, if you believe you're going to win a conference, you're just kind of fooling yourself last year, right? Come on. I, I mean, there was no yeah. reason to... There was no reason to think they would win. Like, I, I think your your best comment for a call is like, uh, nothing else, they'll be interesting. They were interesting and won a lot of games this year, too. <laughs> well, and that's why, you know, I thought they would go six and six. So I thought they were a pretty mm-hmm. decent bet to get to bowl eligibility. And if I remember correctly from, from, the, from last year's Football Outsiders Almanac, I think they were given, I want to say it was like a roughly one in four chance of getting to six and six. And I was, I I remember reading that and thinking, yeah, that sounds about right. Because I thought that, I mean, I I didn't know that the offense was going to be as explosive as it was, but they had the best receiver ever in in school history. No. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, but sometimes, you know, a lot of things go right for a team over the course of a season. And so, you know, I was already bullish on them, but it's, it's, but it's really hard for me to project a a 10 win improvement for anybody. Yeah, totally. I'm trying to look up my record, my projections here, but I'll find it later. But yeah, here's what we had. I'm trying, there's a million links in here we did. So 
Oh, shoot. I don't have. Oh, shoot. Do you have the order of finish? I sent you a link, but I think I gave you the all conference team. Do you have our order of finish? I mean, I think if we're just, if we're just looking at it, we we had Nevada and Boise State winning the divisions, and neither of those things happened. No, I think I had Nevada. I was bigger than Nevada going undefeated, remember? And may, or maybe losing to Boise State. Yeah. So I'm trying to pull up exactly. I know Fresno State was lower than people thought. You had Utah State, if I recall, they were not just us, but like the media, like the official one, like had them fifth place, just ahead of New Mexico. Yeah. I mean, it, it's sort of interesting. I was, I was looking up on, on, St- on Stassen.com. I don't know. Do you ever go there at all? Yes. I love that site. It's so good. Yeah. And, Fo- and they was have, it footballstation.stassen.com or whatever? Yeah. And they have like their preseason consensus, like for conference by conference and all that. Magazines and stuff too, those type of websites, like a dozen or so, the big ones. And, and interestingly, like, and this is from like, like I'm trying to eyeball how many listings he has here, but it's probably about 20 online and print mm-hmm. publications. And interestingly, on the aggregate, Utah State was picked last among a lot of different places. And that's yeah, I have it up here now, yeah. That's including everything from like Lindy and Athlon and Phil Steele to college football something news. Called, to something called Autumn Eleven. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what that is. But so like he yeah. has some but there's a lot of places that you've heard of. Oh yeah. Which like, uh, mm-hmm. and that surprised me because I, I I kind of figured that the consensus would be that the Aggies would have been sort of like a, for lack of a better term, like a solid quote unquote fifth place team. Like I thought they would compete and be decent, but I did not expect on the aggregate for them to have been projected as a last place team. They had the second most votes, which more more is bad. Only UNLV was had more than them was worse essentially. Yeah. So, and we, I did find the poll here. We had, on our poll, we had them, um, Utah State was, actually they were only one point out of our voting behind Colorado State. Hmm. So we had in the Mountain Division, Boise State, clearly. They were, they had a chance at the end, but they didn't, couldn't get it done and they needed help. Wyoming number two with a couple of first place votes. Air Force, CSU, and the Utah State was banned with only one point differential. Yeah. So we, it's, and don't, fine, make fun of us ever, but nobody had them winning. So that's like. It was like a Fresno State turnaround when they brought in after um, Ted, Tedford and stuff, and um, Tim Druder left town. I was fired. Yeah. Um, the West Side, we had Nevada, not the case. Fresno, we were higher on Fresno State than most people. We had them second, but um, San Jose State was fourth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we felt San Jose State, and there's injuries and stuff that go with the Spartans for why they lost and or not weren't as good, I should say. So there's that, but we were pretty wrong on most teams, which whatever, we're owning it. It's fine. The closest team we're right on was Fresno State, I'm guessing, right? Second in the West Division? Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. Um, anything else to add besides just being wrong on here? I don't know. That's um, always a crazy thing, just because we were miss. I'm trying to go through open all these tabs now. So, who did we have? I'm trying to look up now. So anything else like uh, all conference players or anything we missed or anything you think on yeah, that? I'm, I'm looking, you know what? I'm looking at like sort of my preseason, like, you know, the Google sheet that I put together every year. Yeah. I'm thinking I got to like tap the, because I had, I had, um, I had nine different teams finishing at least six and six. I know you need to do that. You always are too. too I feel nice. like I got to, I feel like I got to tap the brakes a little bit on those, especially on those non-conference games. I feel like those are always the toughest to, to sort of to feel out. Yeah. Um, so our preseason coordinator of the year was Matt Mummy. Did mm-hmm. we pick an offensive and defensive 
No, we only, we only pick one. Who's our? I don't have our winner page. I should pull that up. Who's our winner for coordinator of the year? I, I believe it was Kurt Maddox. That would make sense. If it, as it was Kurt Maddox, defensive coordinator. Matt Mummy wasn't bad. That's a good choice. Yeah. And of the, all the votes we had, we also had we had like a ton. We had Rocky Long, which goes there in Mexico. Tim Plow. Oh boy, <laughs> maybe not. Tim Polisek as well. I was like, oh geez. Um, Anthony Tucker, Derek. Basically, a lot of people. Up. I'm betting Roger voted for Derek Wareheim just because New Mexico is the mm-hmm. um, basically across the board. A lot of people. So that one, that's not too bad, right? We're in the neighborhood. It's not bad. And then let's see. I'm going to my next step here. That's all conference team. We'll go back to that in a minute here. Um, offensive player of the year, Carson Strong. Well, what, what, what's hard to argue that, right? Nailed it. <laughs> we get some stuff, right? Don't we? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, he was post preseason and postseason. There we go. So moving on from there, uh, we could glow, but now we're good. That's also not a hard pick. Come on. Um, I actually think my personal vote was Derek Tompkins. Mm-hmm. Or excuse, oh, geez, Devin Thomas, apologies. Utah State wide receiver. I think that was my vote because of what he did. Um, Kate Hall, defensive player of the year. Oh, boy. <sighs> That's not a good one. No, didn't have quite the same year he had before. We chose – I should I, 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 I pull up here. Was, didn't we choose Cameron Thomas as our defense or – Postseason? Postseason, yeah. Okay, that's right. So, and as for like the votes within overall, we had uh, Byron Hobbs, Utah State, not the case. Uh, um, Kalula Kaneo, Boise State. Scott Hatchett, meh, CSU. Jarek Reed, um, Justin Rice, and, uh, and Riley Wimpy. So, we were no Cameron Thomas at all. So, that was a, a, a big miss in us, apparently. So, ASIC fans can make fun of me as um, – I'm going to ask you about the basketball tweet at the end here. Have you been put, put, following that, Matt? No. Oh, well, I'll ask your fresh thoughts on that because it is okay. basketball. Right. It's it's good. It involves senior state who, um, let's just say they're kind of sensitive some, for some stuff. It's all good. Like most, we need, what I'm getting at, we might need to bring back our old slogan for one time. Huh. Because we know we're doing things right if that's the case. Um, Savon Scarver, special teams play of the year. Um, he did have a touchdown return, but um, it was obviously Matariza who won it for us, mm-hmm. who did not have a single vote in our preseason. We had Brandon Talton. We had Dante Wright. We had Ronnie Rivers, Ryan Stonehouse, Jordan Bird. Okay. So, so so can I just throw this caveat out there so everybody's kind of kind of can see behind the curtain of, yeah. of this. Did you not put them on the list? <laughs> I don't believe that I did. And but and here's what I because here's what I do for <laughs> For for like the all conference team, which we we'll get to in a moment, I try and and sort of project as best as I can because we try to be as specific as we can with like you know offensive linemen and and like you know cornerbacks for safeties and stuff like that. So I do my best to project like where guys are most likely to play in that regard. And then I you know the the list of athletes that I come up with for each of the individual honors, I like to think it is pretty exhaustive. So, I mean, I think there's there's a chance without going back and actually looking at the Google, Google form that Ariza might have been on there. But I think, you know, the fact that, you know, he came out of nowhere and had basically, you know, the best single season punt, punting season of all time is it's sort of a testament to how hard that is, you know, even with such a, a, a deep roster of, of potential honorees that, you know, sometimes those things come out of nowhere and it's, you know, Nothing to feel bad about. It, it happens. And who would have thought he'd have been the best punter of all time, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's a gigantic swing and a miss. 
Um, all right. So next up here, I know it's kind of boring going blow by blow here, but we're, I just want to see how right or wrong we were. Cause I didn't really look at these as much. Um, newcomer of the year had eight people. <laughs> oh, um, by the way, by the way, um, I did go back and I looked at the Google form. Matt Ariza is on the list. Nobody was kicker or punter. No, as, <laughs> no but well, just, as, as name, I just put their names. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. So we had asset guys vote on this. They didn't vote for them either. So we can blame them too. Actually, I don't, actually, I don't think either Irwin or Ted voted in the preseason vote. So guys, vote. <laughs> Come on. Okay. That's not our problem. Um, do you have real quick who newcomer of the year or freshman of the year was? Do you have that the actual winner? I could list off the names. We so we had a for. so so preseason freshman of the year is almost always like a multiple player tie with uh, eight. Yeah. So and and I think the only one of them who who did much of anything this year was Diddy Hunter. Hunter. And Diddy Hunter, yeah. So yeah, okay. Who won it? Do you have that? Um, I should pull these up too. Yeah, I should pull these up. I pulled up last year. Oh, it was uh, preseason. It was uh, Cameron Frill, UNLV. Oh yeah, UNLV DB, correct. Uh, no quarterback. No quarterback. No. Oh, geez. Who am I thinking of then? Um, uh, the and then the other guy, the other guy on our list, and, and shout out to Roger for this. Uh, was Aaron Dumas, the running back? Yeah, Aaron Dumas running back. Sadly, sadly, in the transfer portal right now, though. Uh, I don't know why I thought. Also, don't know why that came to frill. It kind of broke up there. I'm like, wait, DB. They did. The UNLV had a good DB there, young guy. You're, but, you're uh, thinking of Cameron Oliver. Cameron Oliver. Yeah, you're. The connection kind of went. Something yeah, like, oh, no worries. Yeah, okay. Um, Justin Rice, newcomer of the year. Not a bad pick. Um, from Fresno State to Arkansas State to Utah State, where he was a pretty good player this year, and then and then lost to lost the award to his teammate. Yes, there you go. <laughs> to a Logan Monner. So there you go. I'm sure. I'm sure that our Utah State listeners are fine with that. Hey, come on. Hey, I, my vote on there was Ty Jones. I look at the bottom. I'm pretty sure that was my vote too. Nah. He should. He should flash this year and there. Yeah, that's no true. dealing, no dealing proper, but still, he he did a couple of things here, and then we have um, <laughs> preseason coach of the year. How did we pick Andy Avalos? That seems like a stupid pick. Well, I think I think eventually we had to have a tiebreaker internally because oh yes, because he tied with Blake Anderson. He did tie with Blake Anderson, not Kalen DeBoer. He did, he did tie with Blake Anderson. And then, I was, and, then, and then I went to I everybody remember. and I said, okay, snap judgment, Anderson or, or Avalos. And Avalos, I believe, won by one vote, if memory serves. Do you remember how you voted? I would have to go back to our DMs. Yeah, that's that, would, that would take a while. No, no. I, I'm wondering if I picked Avalos just because he coached at Boise before. But it's also not a hard pick to make because oh, the Boise State coach are probably going to be pretty good. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, oh man, Ima- imagine if we had picked Blake Anderson preseason, though. Ugh. Hey, we picked him postseason, and nobody else did either. So that that's true. I voted because I get votes for football writers, whatever association, whatever that's called. Yeah, and he was up for awards. I'm like, I'm gonna put Blake Anderson in there somewhere. Maybe not the winner, because there's some other good coaches like the Northern Illinois coach. Um, what Jim Harbaugh did was really good at Michigan for getting them into the playoff and how close mm-hmm. how good they were. But I put him in like the top – some of them were like, vote for 10 guys. I'm like, why am I voting for 10 guys here? <laughs> but like top five, I'm like, I'll put him in there, like maybe two or three. Like he did a really good job. So he never wins the awards, but I'm like, I think he deserves some votes here. Mm-hmm. So um, so as for actual play – we also, for a preseason or postseason all-conference, you do, and you always make sure it's blatantly clear – 
we don't just pick five offensive linemen for the offensive line. Yeah. We actually pick guards, tackles, centers. So kind of looking through who we have, I don't think these were any – I guess we missed on Devin Tompkins like a lot of people did. He didn't make our first or second team. But looking at, like, the first-team offense, like Carson Strong, okay, yeah. Javon Valade was good, but not that good. Ronnie Rivers, like, these guys were good, but not good. Romeo Dubs, good. Khalil Shakir, yeah. Trey McBride, obviously. So we weren't too far off. On, or, like, William Dunkel at center or guard, to me for – He was pretty good this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, like, we were pretty good. Like, I'm looking through like, Kate Hall, he just didn't have a good year. That's unfortunate. Um but Justin Rice, I was, I'm just running through names. Chad Muma. I think for the overall teams itself, like Cortez Davis was pretty good this year. Jack Bond had a solid year for uh, Utah State. I think overall, like looking through, Nick Circle's second team, that's kind of hard when he gets hurt. George Lani was the healthy. Jalen Cropper, was was he first team, right, I believe? I'm pretty uh, sure for us. Yeah, I don't have that in front of me. I'm thinking, I think he was. I don't, yeah. We did have Cameron Thompson second team. I don't think we we're too far off, really, for like the all-conference team. Like you could replace like, Second team and first team guy. I don't think that's a big miss. Like having Ronnie Rivers as a first team or Javon Valley. Ronnie Rivers missed a couple games, I believe, right? Injury late in the year. Jordan mm-hmm. Mims took over. So I don't think we're too far off in any like the all conference. I guess the biggest miss would be just Utah State's wide receiving group. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With Devin Tompkins. That's like he was fine. He's in the portal and they convinced him to stay. But and Nick Starkle, I don't count. Like, yes, we missed on Nick Starkle, but it's injuries. I'm like, you, you can't predict that. You know what I mean? It's like, well, he yeah, got hurt. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. Wasn't necessarily a thing. Like King Bachmeyer, I think, still made third team for most people. It's kind of scrolling through here. Jay Kaner probably would be higher fourth team a little bit, but I don't think these are too far off, really. There's names here they can nitpick, but we made like our top 50 list. There's always stuff here or there that will miss. Like that can be a big swing. Like there's one guy, Air Force guy, like, how do you have these guys? I'm like, dude, these were back in July, not so, okay, so, so with, the, with that in mind, I, yeah. you know, I, I will acknowledge that I think we were all sleeping on Air Force a little bit because I thought Air Force would be pretty good this year, but then I'm looking back and I, and I realized, yeah. okay, we had exactly three Falcons on our four deep in the preseason. Offense or defense or total? Total. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. And, hmm. and one of them, Kyle Patterson was, was team out tight pretty, pretty early in the year. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe we were, we were sleeping on them a little bit, mostly because we were, unfamiliar with a lot of the new pieces that were coming in and so matt you put it's three not four oh did i say four i think you said four if not it's three i'm looking i'm scrolling to the very bottom it says three which was the least of every any mountainless team and and i think the good news is that they probably won't have that problem next year Isaiah daniels brad roberts they have guys coming back new offensive linemen will probably be up there too after they took over for like uh all the all american type guys so yeah your your Everett Smallies, your Hawk Wimmers, those guys. Those All guys. Right. I'll, yeah. I'll, one on that. So that's us being wrong. I'll make. We'll make the post later, just because so you can actually visually see it and look through. Plus, click on our website. That's what we want you to do. We make a few bucks there. Our burrito guacamole money is what we want to do here. There you go. So the tweet we made. I made. So you do you, you don't follow Mountain West basketball really at all, right? Not really. No. So maybe until March comes around, like, hey, who's good this year? San Diego State. They're probably good. Mm-hmm. My first State. Yeah, probably not. You never know. Um, so did you see over the weekend that San Diego State just demolished, undefeated, previously undefeated, Colorado State by like 30 points? I did see our recap about that, yes. So we did recap. So um, Aztec fans, as we know, are a particular group, and they we love them. They're any We love the interaction. It's amazing. It's fun. So 
Do you know who John Schaefer is? Uh, yes. He is now, he has a new, I, I saw Extra 1360 in San Diego has a new lineup and he's like in the afternoon. He's on like pre and post Aztec stuff. But I think a little bit of uh, Padre stuff as well. Hmm. So San Diego State's a good basketball team, as you're familiar with, as you, even you, Matt, like not a huge basketball guy. Yeah, I don't know anything right? about basketball. I know San Diego State is pretty good. They're always good. So they beat undefeated Rams by 30 points. That's a huge win, right? Yes. So Schaefer goes in. So I don't know what term it is. I'm trying to find a tweet. But basically, he needs to learn um, English language a bit more clearly. I, I forget what metric it was. Is some RPI, some Sagarin type ranking deal, like computer metric, which are all great. I don't think it was net rating, which is important. But he goes, San Diego State catapults. If I were to tell you, Matt, your team catapults in the rankings, what number would you qualify that as, essentially? Ooh, okay. If you so, catapult. So, so, I feel like you're saying if you see, if you, Well, if you see the mentions but, but, okay, or red. So, like, so college basketball has like 300 some odd teams, right? Three, I think 354. Yes. So I think if I'm thinking of catapulting. Even in general, what would catapult be? That, for me, I that think, means. I think catapulting has got to be like 20 spots. Thank you. <laughs> That's but, but yes, and I, and I yes. say that because I think I think the, the definition is different from like basketball to football. Like I think if you go up like ten spots in football, like that's that's big because you're dealing with 130 teams. But I think when you're dealing with over 300 teams, like the 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 bar for catapulting, if you will, is maybe yes. a little bit different. Do you want to take a guess what his number was? And he, he used the word catapult and number. Um, I'm going to assume it's less than 20. This is the conversation we're having. Nine. Not okay. Uh, ooh. Yeah. I, I mean, semantically, I'm, and I'm thinking about this rhetorically because this is what I do for a living. I got the exact tweet if you want it before you give your answer. I found it. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's hear it. San Diego, San Diego State catapults from 41 to 32 in Kempom while Colorado State falls 39 to 47. No, I, come I, on. I don't think so. I think if it had been maybe a little, and I think it sort of depends too on how high you are in the standings. Cause I imagine like once you get to a certain point, it becomes harder to climb. And so I Fair. think, you know, from, from, what was it? 41? 41 to 32. So I think that there is some wiggle room in those parameters. You know, if, maybe if you were in the middle of the pack or maybe a top 100 team and you jumped to 80, that feels like catapulting. But I think if you're a team that's like right outside the top 40, like if you jump into like the top, in within 25? the top 30. Okay. 30 would I be th- 11 I think, spots. I think, that that, I think I would count that as catapulting, but that's just me. Hey, I like having you on to discuss this because <laughs> I, I, I just felt – I got words like it's like words matter, and my our mentions were on fire. People are like, "What is this? Thirty eight comments, twenty one hearts, seven retweets, quote tweets." I'm like, and I go and I I was gone from like, what's what's going on? Like, I don't think that was a controversial tweet at all. That was, and if you get it, it's like a joke essentially. It's like, come on, they rise, they jump. But if you also think of this way, like if you look at the inversely the other way, wouldn't you say? If he uses catapults, wouldn't you say Colorado State plummets to 47 instead of falls? If you want to be more accurate in the tweet. How how far did they plummet? 38 spots, 39 to 47. That's not a plummet, though. They fell. Like, if, if you're using catapult, wouldn't you use plummet inversely? 
yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting into a, we're, okay, so we're getting into a lot of a lot of rhetorical talk about. Um, I'm just saying, I'm on, I would be about, proven uh, right. I think I'm, I'm trying to think in terms of ethos, pathos, and logos right now, and that's probably, you know, a lot of people's <laughs> eyes are probably glazing over just thinking about first year composition. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but because I think what you're talking about is sort of like the 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 grandiosity of the language being used. Yes. I get what you're saying. <laughs> and and I have no stake in this particular conversation, so I understand exactly what you're saying. And honestly, neither do I. I'm like, we want the league to do well, but it's also when our buddy Chris Andres, we retired, or you kind of said, like, maybe we shouldn't use this anymore. We're biased against every team. If we're not doing things well, it's impossible for everybody to, like, unless you, Matt, you did your, not to put you out there, but six and six for every team or every team's going to have a winning record or bowl eligible and need to reevaluate that. But we do want to be positive. I don't think the tweet, does that tweet seem like more of a tongue in tweet, tongue in cheek, kind of funny, like, haha, catapult, come on. What do you, it, it seemed more, they took it too seriously. I'm like, I wasn't trying to, I saw the tweet. I'm like, that seems a bit off to the catapulted. Like, we have a recap that said they won 30 points. I've, we've acknowledged, hey, that's a good victory. I just felt catapulted. You need to use your um, – just use a better word of the English language, man. Pull your thesaurus and like, okay, nine spots. If you go from 10 to 1 or like 15 to 6, catapults to the top 10, yeah. But it's not like they went from 40 to 25. I feel 15 is a minimum for catapulting. <laughs> so, okay so what, what you're getting in maybe this, maybe this is what we can wrap up on um, yes. i'm gonna put my writing center hat on for a moment i'm gonna I'm, and maybe we can talk off air about this i'm thinking about a little something i like to call the voice lens okay and how i hear your voice as dot 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 and i think <laughs> that that you know you so you're th- sort of thinking beyond yourself into the average san diego state fan who may have who may have heard that as being more dismissive than tongue in cheek. Could be. Which is which is why Twitter needs a font for sarcasm. True. I like or, or tongue not in sure. Cheek. Yeah. Yeah, I put not sure moving up nine places qualifies as catapulting. Yeah. I, I'll say I, you know what you know what? I think I think yes Aztec fans have a point there. I could see their pers- uh, and again I have no stake yeah, in this, but I, could, I know I could see where they're coming from. We've also I mentioned well, that's fine. I, I just want more opinion on this because I don't want just Aztec fans still have dimensions like you're wrong. You always hate on them. You never believe in them. Or I put out my super early 2022, which we'll probably get to next week. They're I think I have them fifth. Like they're one and two in this. And I'm like, it's January, it's January 9th or 10th, whatever day that you're listening to this, 12th, 25th, February 1st, who knows? Probably gonna be wrong. I've been making look what we just went over. We discussed when we're completely wrong. Oh yeah. It's fine, it makes it fun, it's more conversation. And we'll get to that type of preview, which will be dumb. I remember I picked Nevada to go undefeated, go to the New Year's Six game. It didn't happen. We're not wrong. Or excuse me, we are wrong a lot of things. I just felt, yeah, I could see where they could. I, okay, I full on well knowing going through, I'll probably get some snarky response. Like, what do you mean? They just won by 30 points. I'm like, I just saw that tweet. I'm like, that's a unique way to say you're, to say a team skyrockets up the rankings. And so somebody, there's one tweet there. We'll wrap up on this. Somebody put like, well, this team moves up like 30 spots, whatever. What is that? So I just put a rocket ship or something because they shoot to the moon to make more fun of it. But I just, people need to just, I don't want to tell people how to feel, but I don't feel I was, that was overly disrespectful. 
And if you look at our other tweets about it, they won by 30 points. They crushed them. They're probably going to be ranked on Monday when the rankings come out. They're in first place of the conference. They demolished with, I believe, also players not playing. Like, good players were out for the game. But a lot of the response were, how's Boise? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, they compared it. It's just funny. So, oh, man, it's it's hilarious. And so, I don't know. I just wanted your thought on it because it got more interaction than I thought. And so, that's all. <laughs> because it's like, who do, who do we not like? We don't like Utah State, apparently. Or we are Utah State site. I, I can't. I can't make heads or tails of that because it's either yes or no. Same, same with Boise. Boise State, who they're not good in football. Like, how much do people need to hear from me? Say George Hawley needs to prove it to me after at some point. Like in football, it's like basketball. It's like me and Andy talk about like they weren't good in non-conference play. They they almost lost. Uh, wait, that's Utah State. Like I. We talk about what's popular, what's interesting, and I felt that tweet was fun, a little having some fun. And so they all came in the mentions. I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks for the interaction. That's all I figured and just talking about. So I wanted to bring it up with a not a person who has zero interest or 1% interest in mountainless basketball about how that tweet felt. And so, so you, your basically official stance is, yeah, I can see right? where they're coming from. Can you see where I'm coming from? I do. At all? Yes. Okay. That's why I'm like, yeah. I, I just being riled up about it. Okay. I didn't, we didn't celebrate. Went, oh, amazing. Because here's the thing too. We'll wrap, really wrap up on this. If we over celebrate that, are we also inversely or indirectly disrespecting Colorado State as well? We can't have it praise everybody all the time, right? I'm just saying that makes it hard. Like, I'm not going to answer that. But you get my point. I do get if we were to If we were to say good win, awesome win, CSU, what's going on? You're not great. Or even if we say nothing but just praise the win. Well, what about the Rams? They only have one loss. They're ranked 20th in the country. I'm like, well, whatever. Also, real quick, Sean Chambers also going to the SCS ranks really quick, following Coach Vision to Montana State. So we have a – are we going to have Lucas Johnson, Sean Chambers, Montana, Montana State game? Brawl of the wild. Heck, yeah. All right, so we'll wrap up on that. <laughs> just that news. I just wanted your thought on the tweet because I thought it's a, it's the offseason. We need stuff to talk about, right? That's true. And we've been talking for all. So we'll wrap it up here, MWR.com. I guess we'll do our next show about stupid early 2022 stuff. Yeah, and I'm sure there's probably, there's probably going to be more transfer portal stuff we could talk about by then. You got the portal updated as close as possible? Uh, yeah, there's a couple <laughs> names I think I need to add. Sean but Chambers, perhaps? Sean Ch- <laughs> I, yeah, I need to update Sean Chambers. <laughs> so we'll get to all that. I just saw that there. I'm like, oh, let's just do a quick little look at this. So MWR.com. Thanks for everybody who checks out the website because we've had a lot of people recently. And if I don't honestly, I don't care if you don't like our tweets, respond. It's always fun. And even if you hate what we're doing, it's like there's people like here's the thing. How, there's a lot of people, oh, let's put the funny gifts or tweets or whatever going on about or comments about hey, you're wrong or have fun with it. Cause even our buddy Asic Breakdowns like kind of saw where I was coming from a little bit, but like just interact. We don't care. And again, we're I don't think Matt, are we ever like outrightly saying Unless it's like the Hawaii stuff or bad stuff with Bob Dave years ago, like we're not going to come out and just overly crap on teams, right? I don't think we do that. No, no, we can be critical, which is different than coming out and saying you suck just because you suck. So exactly, keep, keep that in mind, people. And we joked before, yeah, we're biased against your team, which it's it's hard to be even or even for everybody. But uh, that's why I know that I just wanted to bring that up because it's fun. But again, mwr.com. Give us um, a rating if you like, a good one. If you're 
what fan would give us a good rating right now, but I want to know who would give us like a five stars. That is an excellent question. <laughs> That's hard to just, I don't know. Where do we, uh, Tom, Todd Graham haters, maybe? I don't know. We'll, we'll worry about that later. I just, I just thought about that just now. It's like, who would actually give us a good rating because of, there's a million teams to cover, but that's all we're getting at. But that's it today. Again, we'll have a good time. We'll have a basketball podcast at some point this week with me and Andy because we got the big, the huge Matt. Have you heard Matt? San Diego State won by 30 points. Did you know that? I did hear about that just, <laughs> just about five minutes ago. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. We'll do our early preview next time. But uh, yeah, we'll see you next time and have a good week, everybody.